Is this, look at that. Oh my word. I'm such a goof, guys. I'm such a goof. I don't know if you guys heard any of that, but now I don't feel like I have to yell anymore, TJ. I can like whisper. That's so awesome. All right, so um, I was camping with my boys at uh, Mile High a couple weeks ago. It's right outside the park. It's up from Maggie Valley. Guys, that place is phenomenal. So if you've never been there, you've got to go. So every single tent site has this view that's just, like, amazing. Okay? And so we get up there. We pull the truck in. And one, two, three little guys come out. i got three boys under 10. And the guy that's next to me has a pop-up camper. And he looks over and he goes, hey, um... You guys tenting it? And I was like, yeah, buddy, we're going to tent camp two nights. And he goes, he goes, last night it was a soaker. He goes, let me tell you, man. He goes, that view, that other mountain, he said, we saw it forming. Thunder started rolling, went down in the valley, and it just like, just tore up the side of the mountain. And he said, it was, everything was drenched. Oh, there it is. There's a severe thunderstorm warning, guys. This is a test. This is only a test of the emergency broadcasting system. So he was telling me about the severe thunderstorm warning, and that's the title of our message today. And um, so this, this, the campground host comes up a little bit later, and he comes up on his golf cart, and he was like, Hey, guys, severe thunderstorm warning, batting down the hatches. And I was like, All right, here it comes, boys. And so with the warning from the first guy, I, we took the tent, and I was like, All right, guys, we've got to use all the stakes. I mean, usually you're like, Yeah, put a couple in, it'll be fine, you know. I was like, We've got to use all the stakes, get the guy wires out, get them tight, everything. We're going to secure this puppy down in case something comes. When we had the second warning, I was like, all right, guys, let's start putting the lids in the Tupperware, throw some stuff in the truck. And sure enough, about 15 minutes later, thunder was building, 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 and the bottom just dropped out. We were right in the middle of our, like, instant lasagna. And um, I'm like, all right, guys, take it in the tent. So we're, like, pushing all the sleeping stuff to the side, but not too close that it gets wet. We're trying to eat in the middle of the tent. And uh, the rain's blowing, and the leaves are, like, hitting the side of the tent and fluttering off. And my four-year-old's like this. And um, all of a sudden, my 10-year-old and I, we go, both go, we pull our shoulders up to our ears, and we heard, like, the lightning, like, we heard the electricity forming before the lightning struck. We're both like, oh. we hear it hit right, right next door. We're like, okay, we survived. We survived. And uh, it went on for about three times that storm came in. And uh, the next morning, <clears throat> unzip the tent, look out. And then the trees was like one of these canopy tents. And the, the whole like tarp was like up in the trees. The whole metal structure was like bent up. Somebody had like piled it in frustration at the trash can. And we were like, guys, we survived. We did it, right? And it was because we had two guys warn us. Had we not, I probably wouldn't have been so like picky about making sure we had everything right, you know. So these other guys with a canopy tent, I don't know if they didn't get the warning or if they didn't care or what. But um, we survived. We had a great time. It was awesome. And so last week, you guys heard about the Sermon on the Mount. And it's an amazing message, amazing thing that Jesus is communicating here. And this would have been like a festival kind of atmosphere. So, you know, like you guys, you guys in Bryson, you're a little closer to Asheville than we are. I'm jealous. And uh, you guys probably hear, oh, hey, there's a festival going on this weekend. And you're like, well, who's the band? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It's going to be great. Like, let's go hang out. All right, cool. So you guys zip on over there, you know. And that would have been kind of like what was going on with this. So it would have been this, this mountain. They call it the Sermon on the Mount, right? This mountain. They went down to the Sea of Galilee. And there would have been 
winds that would have blown in. It would have been beautiful, an amazing place, perfect place for a festival. And, you know, and they're talking like, yeah, there's this guy. He's a great orator. He's, he's, he's communicating all this crazy stuff. Like he threw this party. It was at this wedding and he took all this water and he turned it into just barrels of wine and everybody was drinking freely. And like, we should go hang out with this guy, right? So they grab their bags of figs and they're like jars of olives and uh, they're like sheep wool blanket. And they like head out to the mountainside for like a picnic, head out for a festival, hang out with their friends. And that would have been the environment. So who Jesus was communicating to was mainly first century Jews. Okay. These would have been guys that thought they had God and the scrolls all figured out. Okay. So there was about 1500 years with over 30 authors that had been writing. The Spirit had been inspiring them to pin down words about two things mainly. Who, who's God and how is man responding to God? Okay, so they would have been pinning this down. And, and it would have been like having historical records of things, literal physical things that God did in people's lives, how people responded, whether they gave God the middle finger or they embraced God, right? And how did God respond each time man was interacting with him, right? And so they would have recorded all this down and they would have, it would have been so important to them that a lot of these guys that Jesus is communicating to that day, they would have had a third of that memorized. I mean, open your Old Testament. That's pretty stinking thick. They would have had a third of this memorized. It was an oral culture unlike ours, and so their minds were much keener on these things. But some of them would have had the whole thing memorized. Amazing. That thing, that book would have defined all of their life. And what Jesus does in this point in history is he steps into their world and he says, I have even a greater message that I want to communicate to you. So you guys heard the Sermon on the Mount, um, at least like a taste of it last week. But I want to give you like a short summary of the sermon that Jesus is, has just presented. Because today, the passage we're going to look at is Jesus' closing words on this amazing message that he had given. So, Jesus speaks on what being gracious looks like. How to show mercy. How to add flavor to life through being salt and hope by being light. He teaches them not to give in to anger and retaliation. He confronts their lust, their marriages, teaches them about how to make a promise. And he cuts to the heart by saying, love your enemies, give generously to the needy, pray relentlessly, fast, invest in God's kingdom, not your own. How to deal with anxiety, judging others, loving others, bearing fruit. And finally today, laying a strong foundation for life. Guys, I mean, that description, I know I want to be a part of a community like that. Would anybody want to be a part of a community like that? Would you want like that to be a description of like your kids' friends? That's good news to me, right? And so many times we think that God and religion has said God has all these laws and these regulations, and it just seems like he's like overbearing. This is good stuff. I mean, this is what the world needs, right? Was this a description of America, of our country, of the world, of I don't think so, right? This is, this is a backwards kingdom than what everybody's used to. So this is good news here this morning, right? Not just good advice. And I want to I be good news to you as this passage has been good news to me this week. And not just good advice. Because here's where this is good news. Is I can't do all that perfectly. If any of you can, please come and share the goodness with me afterwards because I would love to mine the gold out of that thing. But I can't do all this perfectly. And that's kind of the whole idea. As Jesus gives this message and he goes, Hey guys, you can't do this on your own. 
You need me. That's why I am here. Because you are not perfect. And I'm going to live the perfect life in your place. And it's such good news to us this morning. But this is exactly what the Jews were trying to do. Is they were trying to accomplish this all on their own, on their efforts, for the most part. So, we're going to have a fun little activity this morning, okay? So we're going to read this passage. Some of you guys are crazy familiar with this, okay? And it's about two builders, okay? And, but before we look at this, we have to do this little activity because this is only going to just get our brains, like, thinking in the right direction. So, I love feedback. And so, if everybody isn't talking, guys, I'm in a really bad position. I start feeling, like, insecure, like, do they hate me, all that. So, I need some feedback from you guys this morning. So, we're going to have an image up here. You guys have played this game before. Your kids probably love to play this game, okay? There's two pictures, and the one on the right has some things that are different than the one on the left. So if you notice something, shout it out. Airplane. Airplane, right away. Yes, what else? Time. Time is different. You guys are sharp. The bus number, right now your eyes are like, oh, I'm in the back row. I can't see. There's one more thing you can probably make out. That's right. The top of that lamppost is missing. There's actually, you can't quite see it. Well, maybe you can. Can we see one more thing? No, somebody said the number on the bus. There's a little man at the bottom of that tower, and he has his suit jacket on. He has it off. I don't know if you can see that one. But you guys got them all. You guys got them all. That's awesome. So we're going to do that same thing with this passage this morning, okay? And so we're going to look at two stories. Jesus gives a story about a builder, and then right on the heels of that, a story about another builder. And at first glance, they sound really similar, but they have totally different endings. And so after I read the passage, we can't fit the whole thing on the screen. So if you have a Bible, it might be helpful to be able to see both pictures at the same time in, in, your, in your Bible. So the passage is Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. It's four verses. So we're going to look at the first two. We're going to look at the second two. And I would love for you to do the same thing at the end of this. Shout out to me the, um, the differences. I want you to spot the differences in this. Okay, here we go. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Rains came down, streams rose up, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Okay? So there's the one. Here's the other story. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house in the sand. Rains came down, streams rose up, winds blew, beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. So spot the differences for me. Okay, one is built on the rock, one is built on the sand. Absolutely, what else? Okay, one is called wise and one's called foolish. Good. Say it. Yes, that's right. One stands and one falls with a great crash, it says. Uh, next. Very good. That's the key right there. That's the gold star winner right there. So one put into practice and one didn't. Okay? And that, that small shift is what causes all the other differences that you notice to take place. That first domino fell and everything else fell behind it. Okay? So what's the same? So let's play the same game. Let's don't spot the differences. Let's, say, let's see what's the same in these two. What do you see? Very good. They both heard the same words. Excellent, right? This is on the heels of the Sermon on the Mount. They're both probably sitting out there. 
in, on the hill with their, you know, their bag of figs. We're listening. And, and at the end of this amazing talk, everybody's probably like, oh, this is awesome. I've never heard anybody speak with such authority, right? And at the end of this passage, the next verse I'm not going to read today says the crowd was astonished. It doesn't say they believed, interesting, but it does say they were astonished. And so what else is the same here? Exact was the storm different? No, the rains fell, the waters came up because it was so much rain, and the winds blew and it beat against both houses. I'm just guessing, like in my mind, these guys are neighbors. They got the same storm, right? They're both like on the ocean, and so what? What else do you see is this is the same? Both builders. Both builders. Yep. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So they both have a building code that they have to abide by. One might might. He, he might like the inspector. The other one might not like the inspector so much, right? Okay. All right, great. So um, let's, let's pray this morning. So, Father, we, um, we just want to together, as, as a family, we want to mine the gold out of these two pictures that you paint for us here this morning. We want to be people that hear and do. We love you. Amen. So, like, like somebody mentioned here this morning, the main difference is they both hear, but one puts into practice and one does not. The second builder here, hears Jesus' building code, but he skips the foundation. Isn't that interesting? I just wonder if he wanted to put his energy into what people see. Right? We hear Jesus call these people, the religious, at some point. He calls them whitewashed tombs. You know, he says, you guys are busy cleaning the outside of a tomb, but on the inside is death and decay and rottenness, right? You guys, you guys look like everything's fine. From the ground up, everything seems fine. This guy might have said, I don't have enough money for the foundation. I'm going to put it into granite countertops, make sure I got my Netflix and all that, you know? And, but the other guy, he, he puts energy into the foundation. Really interesting. Um, let me ask you, what, this, is, this isn't rhetorical. I'd love to hear it. What could maybe be a reason why he built on the sand and listened only? Because that's what it says, he, that he built on the sand by only listening and not putting in practice. Well, why would he do that? Easier. Easier. Yeah, it's convenient. Perfect. So at this spot where Jesus was communicating, they probably would have been looking at the sand. And... Um, what would happen is the wind would carry all the sand and the salt and everything from the Sea of Galilee, and it would blow up, and the sun would hit it, and it would have a crust, like a thick crust. And they would have to dig through that to get to the soft sand to then get to the bedrock. So say these two guys are building right next to each other, and, this, and the one guy that's like putting his rock foundation down, you know, he, he starts building first. And the other guy's like... That's a lot of work. <laughs> That's backbreaking, you know. He didn't even get a backhoe. I mean, he's out there with a pick, right? And uh, he's like, eh. he jumps on the sand. It's got a pretty hard crust. It probably will hold. I think I'll be fine. You know, and he, and he begins his construction there. So, yeah, it's a lot easier. What else? Any thoughts? Quicker? Yeah, it's quicker. Cheaper? Cheaper? Exactly. He might know better than yeah, maybe he thought he knew better on the building code. I, I've built some homes, guys, and a lot of people think they know better than uh, than the builders do. So maybe he's maybe he pulled his own building permit, right? And he's like, I, I know what I'm doing. So um, you know, I wonder if it was really sunny 
if they were building when the weather was well. Weather, it's a beautiful sunny day. It's like, hmm, I don't see any storm coming. Looks fine. It'll probably stand up. And I'd rather have a flashy house and be able to show off a little bit on the outside, right? Isn't that what religious people do? Um, I don't ever do that myself. Just kidding, guys. I am so messed up. You don't even know. So um, there, is a, there is a storm coming. And that's what Jesus is saying. Is he's like, hey, guys, you have to know there's a storm coming. And the storm, it's going to hit everybody. It doesn't, it's not, it's not like depending on if you follow Jesus or if you don't. And, uh, cause Jesus doesn't say if the storm comes in the passage. He just says it's coming, right? We noticed that when we were looking at the two pictures. Because we all experience the same storms. In case you haven't noticed, the Christian life is not all sunny days. Cause sunny days don't say much about our character. The storms are what test us. The problem is, the storms are coming and we do not have proper footing. And like a gentle spring rain that just keeps coming, the waters rise and the pleasures of life turn into a large destructive force that erodes away at our foundation, revealing the weak spots. Most homes will stand when the weather is sunny and the winds are calm, and anybody can build a house that will stand firm when the sun is shining and the wind is still. But storms reveal the strength of our foundation. So everyone should expect storms. But followers of Jesus all the more, because storms are what show God's wisdom to the world around us. So that's why earlier, well, this, this set, guys, they didn't even know the title of my message today. It was just so perfect. We're like asking the Father, like, bring down the rain, bring down the storm, because we want to show the world your goodness. And we want to brag on you, Father, that you have made it available that we don't have to build on the sand that we can have a foundation. Because what we see in Scripture is the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone for us that we can then build on. Amazing. So many people think that the Bible, the main theme of the Bible is how bad people are. Those people are really missing the mark because the main theme of the Bible is how good God is. I mean, listen to the Sermon on the Mount. Amazing! This is the life that the Father desires for us. And He actually gives us something that we can have firm footing on. He is the cornerstone. Jesus also says this. This is amazing. It says, you also, Peter says this, are like living stones being built into a spiritual house. So I had this, I'm kind of like a visionary guy, and I had this image today like, what if I could have like cinder blocks and mortar on one side of the stage and a big pile of sand on the other, and I could be like building while I'm talking, and I'm like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you can never do that. You know, but kind of picture, kind of picture this. So, so picture like, you know, a solid foundation. Jesus is the cornerstone. We're built on him. We are living stones. So picture, a, a, you know, a brick, right? And there's a, there's a brick. And then like, it's you, you know, maybe one of you in here is like, you, you're, you are somebody that has discipled somebody else. And you've, you've walked with them in the ways of Jesus. And then they're, you, know, you disciple them, and then they disciple somebody else, and it just keeps going. And we're like a spiritual house, a living family that is building a house. Why would we build a house? Is, I think so many Christians think that we build it as a fortress. It's us against them, right? Keep the bad guys out, and like we have our holy huddle. No, we're not building a fortress, 
We're building a palace that we invite the whole world to come and feast at a table because we build this giant living room with a table that's full of good meat and full of wine and full of the best food. And we say, come enjoy the lavish love of the Father. He wants you back home, right? Isn't that the theme throughout so many verses in Scripture is God just desiring to wrap his arms around his creation. We don't want to be thunderstorm Christians, right? That when everything hits the fan, it all goes bad, that, that they don't lay a foundation until that happens. Guys, you can't do that. I've seen people try to pour concrete foundation when it's raining. It won't set up. It's a disaster. We have to pour a foundation when the sun is shining and the weather is good. Right? So how do we do that? How do we take some of this and bring it and put fat, practical feet, let Sunday meet Monday, right? If Sunday stands alone and we don't do anything, then here it's starting to feel a little painful, right? We're hearers of the word only. We're not doers. We're building on the sand, not building on the rock. Jesus says we're foolish, not wise, right? And you think about Proverbs and these guys saying, man, desire wisdom. Like, search for it with everything, like it's a treasure. Like you go on that treasure hunt, you get the metal detector, you do everything, you dig, you go after wisdom. So, anybody here a block mason? Anybody ever, everybody ever lay block? Anybody ever lay cinder block? Yeah, awesome. Okay, so I am a terrible block mason. Don't ever hire me to do that because I am slow and they're going to be like this and the corner is not going to be straight. I'm a mess, okay? And I would charge like 10 times what a block mason charges, okay? A good block mason usually charges about $2 a block. They're fast. They're straight. They do a great job, okay? Why is that? Because of rhythm. They've done it a bunch. They've laid thousands and thousands of blocks. They've got calluses. They can pick that thing up, slap it. They can just do it with their eyes closed. They can lay that wall, right? I haven't done that a lot, so I'm not very good at it. So I think the question to us is, do we have intentional time set aside throughout the rhythm of the week to hear and to do both? Okay, so sociologists tell us there's these different spaces that people enter in, engage and interact with the world around us. We all move into these spaces. We all orbit through them. Okay, and Jesus lived in every one of these spaces, and he did it perfectly. Okay, so like one of the spaces would be a public space, like a time of celebration, 100 plus people. This would be a public space gathering, something like this, or the festival that Jesus was, you know, throwing for them, the talk he would have been given. And so what would it look like in that space to hear and to do, to listen? You guys had a talk last week about listening and then to put into practice, right? I think so many times that I know for myself, I don't put something into practice because I'm scared I'm going to fail. And I'm scared I'm going to blow it. And so, like, yesterday, I, um, I smoked some pork chops, guys. And i got to say, I've never put anything on the grill that came off that good. Usually, guys, it's, like, thin and it's, like, you're trying to bite it. It's, like, jerky and it's terrible. I'm not that good on a grill. And so I'm crazy intimidated to, like, cook on a grill. And so people have, like, helped me and done stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, never mind. I'll just fire up the gas grill. I'm not going to do the charcoal thing. I'm not good at that. And so I just don't do it. I don't go after it because I'm so scared I'm going to blow it. But we'll never get good at something unless we begin to go after it and start making it a normal habit in our life. So what would it look like 
in a public space to hear and to do, and then to have a group of people around us that walk with us and are like, hey, man, like, you know, honestly, you did blow it, but I'm so proud of you that you went after it. Because you went after it, I want to celebrate with you because you are desiring to walk in the ways of Jesus. There's a social space, which would be like a community gathering, 20 to 50 people, personal space. You guys might call them small groups here. Some churches call them missional communities of 3 to 12 people. Um, And then an intimate space, close friends like your spouse or a best friend that you can talk with. What would it look like to build maybe one of these rhythms to start off with into my week? Like between now and Saturday, like actually this week, think, Okay, is there an evening I could have a couple over to my house and we could just, you know, have a moment to read some scripture, kind of take a stab at what's God saying to us and uh, then talk about it. What are we going to do about that? Jesus puts this into some other words. You guys have heard this so many times if you've read through the Gospels. Jesus says, repent and believe for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, change the way you think and believe, change the way you act. So I think for many of us, those words have been, um, they've maybe meant something else. That's all it actually means. Repent, just change the way you think, believe, change the way you act. Jesus says this, the time has come or the opportunity has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. So we want to change the way we think this morning. We want to listen and observe well and just ask a couple questions. God, what are you saying to me this morning? In John 10, Jesus says, The sheep follow the Father because they know His voice. A stranger they will not follow. They do not know the voice of strangers. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. So let's observe well this morning. Let's listen. God, what are you saying to us? Then at the same time, God, what am I going to do about that? And uh, let's get a plan, right? So the best way to go about... Um, action and to putting into practice is actually to get a plan, get a building plan for the house and to tell a friend, hey, this is what I think I'm going to do based upon what God's telling me. We all build on something. So I had a friend tell me, yeah, I'm not going to really indoctrinate my kids because, you know, I'm not really into religious stuff. And I mean, this is a guy that grew up, he had enough church to have the gag reflex and he's, you know, he's hurled a couple times, right? And so... Um, but by him saying, I'm not going to indoctrinate my kids. I mean, he's a friend of mine. I've been over his house many times and I see the magazines they subscribe to. I see what they tell their kids and how they train them and this and that. I'm like, he's building a foundation. He's indoctrinating them. We all do. Everybody builds a foundation. So where are you building your foundation? Are we listening only? Are we listeners and doers? And let's end with this. Jesus ends this amazing message with And it fell with a great crash, or a mega crash in the Greek. This is a word of warning, a warning instead of encouragement. But make sure you hear it this way. It's a warning of love. Why did that neighbor of mine, when I pulled into the campground, why did he tell me when he saw three little guys pop out of the truck, hey man, last night we had a bad storm. Why did the campground host come up and give me another warning? Because they cared about us as people. You know, maybe they loved not seeing somebody die at their campsite and blow off the side of the mountain, right? There's a warning of love. And that's what Jesus gives us today. And so we're going to have two questions up on the screen. And the band's going to come back up and just uh, do a wonderful job as they did earlier. These are two questions. What's God saying to you? And 
What are you going to do about it? Father, we love you. You are such a gracious, good God. And we want to see you that way. We don't want to see the theme of Scripture as how bad people are, but we want to see it as how good you are. And yes, Jesus, we are a messed up people. And we are in desperate need of you. And so that's why we are so grateful that you are our cornerstone. We love you. Amen.